I think okay. we need to normalize sabbaticals yeah. in all work situations. Yeah. But essentially, and, and there's evidence behind this that you can take to your administration, you can take to your boss and, um, you know, and it depends on the work situation. It depends on the leniency. Hell, it depends on your financial state. If you absolutely can, if you do a paid versus a non-paid sabbatical, but that time away can actually help you come back refreshed, refocused, and in a more clear mindset to then determine, am I walking away and quitting? Or is this really what I want? And I just needed to get out of the daily grind to know that's the case. Welcome back to the Balance Goalie Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Renthigpin, excited as always to be here with you. Hold on. Wait a minute. Oh my goodness. Here we are in the middle of season 25. Season 25, y'all. Can you believe it? Since 2016, we've been rocking with you for almost five years. Okay, I'm not going to scream because I don't want to blow out your eardrums, but I am super thrilled. 2021 has brought us through so many interesting moments um, on the back of all things global pandemic, political unrest, everything going crazy in the world around us, and lots of beautiful babies being born. I have a brand new nephew, actually two brand new nephews over the last year because one was just born a few months ago two grandbabies that are walking and maneuvering and stressing out my son, which is a beautiful give back to me for so many reasons that I'm sure if you are mothers with young adult children, you totally understand how joyous it is to have your grandbabies torture your children. It is phenomenal. I am excited to be here with you to help you navigate some of the challenges that you are having in your work life and love balance. And I don't have to do it alone because I have a phenomenal, spunky, sassy woman with me today, and I am grateful to bring her through to you. Dr. Erin Wiseman, a life coach, a speaker, and a fierce advocate for wellness and medicine. She's faced so much of her own journey with professional burnout in her early career and speaks very openly about making sure that others do not have to deal with the same nonsense. Highlight that, nonsense. Specifically for female physicians and working moms because she does not want you to be alone. Dr. Weissman, welcome to the Balanced Bully Podcast. How are you today? Friend, I am so glad to be here. <laughs> you know, I am super excited to have you for so many reasons. And I know the little people are in the background like, Mama, hurry up, hurry up. Come take us to the library. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about what you're doing in the world and how you are helping to serve up some calm to the other working moms? Yep. It's hashtag real life here. So here are little people voices. It's just what we do. But yeah, exactly what you said. I'm a family medicine doc turned burnout coach. Like you mentioned earlier before we got on here, I am the queen of burnout because mm -hmm. I intimately have danced with it. And now since I have figured out my own path, I'm doing that exact same thing for women and men who are high achievers, be it physicians, accountants, attorneys, business people, if you have checked all the boxes and done all the things and gotten to the end of that list and been like, holy hell, what yeah. now? I am your woman. Because 2014, worst effing year of my life when it was mm -hmm. supposed to be the best. It's when I finished residency. It was when I got the big girl contract. I was 
starting my family medicine practice. We bought the house. We had the kids. I had the huge student loan debt and everybody Uh around me was celebrating and I felt so empty. I was like, Mm. holy shit, this is going to be the next 30 years of my life. It was supposed to be better. And so there's a whole bunch of history between that and now, but I just want to tell people that like, if that is your current reality, you are not broken. There is Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you. It's just a misalignment. And I now am on a mission to talk about that so that as professional high achieving people for working moms, for other people who are like, I don't know what this is, but it feels terrible. I cry every night before I have to go to work. I feel like I'm dying inside and my soul is sucking or my bot, my job is sucking the soul out of my body. I just want to say it doesn't have to stay like this. If said family medicine doc can change her life and also not quit medicine. Let me put that in you can change your life as well. Now that is a powerful point because a lot of people think to escape or even to eliminate the burnout, they have to destroy their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like just completely rip themselves away from whatever industry that they're in because some of it is industry specific, right? Like there are certain industries that have higher levels of burnout for sure, um, but they feel like they have to move away from it and not realizing you kind of take a lot of those stressors with you if you don't deal with it at the core. And the fact that you're still a practicing physician and didn't leave medicine in a in a traditional way of like, that's it. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm just going to go and I don't know, pick cherries off of trees or something for the rest of my life. Oh, girl, and- I was going to be a grocery sacker. Like that was my <laughs> backup at that point. It's a really good point. Like no matter mm-hmm. where you go, you take yourself. And so, yeah, were there moments that I was like, I'm done. I'm going to run away, go to Mexico Mm -hmm. so the U.S. government can't find me to pay back these (laughs) quarter of a million loans. Like I was thinking Margarita Sand and Cabo, (laughs) but it's so true. And, and, you know, my journey going back to that 2014, 2015 time span, you know, I was doing everything that I tell my patients not to do. I was online Googling. I was like trying to figure this out because I'm the first doctor in my family. I'm the first Mm -hmm. person to graduate from a high level um, graduate school. And so my family are blue collar. They were so proud of me. They were just like oozing with joy. And I was looking at their lives and I'm like, but I want that. Like I want to, I want to have weekends off and I want to not be on call and I want to feel fulfilled in my work. And I remember talking to my grandma, she raised me, she was my mom. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, you don't like doctoring. Like she, Mm. she couldn't understand it. And so I was in desperate search of somebody who didn't see me as Dr. Wiseman and had me put on the pedestal. Like I needed somebody to see me as Aaron and needed to like connect with me and hear me and like know my story as intimately as I knew my story. And that came through finding a coach who was also a doctor as well. I remember the first time I got on the call with her and I was like, oh my God, take my money. My money. Because because I I didn't have to be Susie Homemaker and I didn't have to be community leader and I didn't have to be captain of the ship, Dr. Wiseman. Like I just got to show up and I just got to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And she helped me pick up the pieces. And that's where my journey really took off is after I started doing this internal stuff, this internal yeah. work of like, who am I? 
what do I want now? Because newsflash, motherhood changed me unlike anything. Oh my gosh. Come on. That's real. Motherhood and entrepreneurship will shift your entire It changes your fucking DNA. Like I was a different creature after I had my, my boys. And then after I realized like, oh my gosh, the girl who decided to become a doctor at 18 is totally different now at 32. Right. And I had to, I had to re, I wouldn't say reinvent or reimagine. I had to just uncover, I had to like yeah. get down in it and be like, okay, life has changed. I got to give myself permission to shift. I've got to give mm-hmm. myself permission to let go of some of those assumptions that I made as a younger person and step into the woman and the powerhouse that I am today. And so through coaching, that's what I was able to do. And then I realized I was like, huh, where's all the like young physician coach coaches out there. We need this because mm-hmm. I was looking out in the space and I was seeing a lot of um, in-career docs doing this. I was seeing a lot of people who were not doctors, yeah. but were coaches. I was seeing a lot of people leaving medicine and showing other doctors how to leave medicine too. And I was like, I'm not the quit doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm not the quit coach. Yeah, I'm the burnout coach. I'm the like, how do we move through this journey, Yeah, but come out on the other side, not crispy but come out on the other side, like a Phoenix rising. Mm. And so that was my journey through it. And yeah, it took a lot of stuff to figure out. We had a third kid. I made some career tweaks. I went from full-time to three days a week as a physician. And then later on, I realized I was a square peg in a round hole and that that job was never going to fit me. Mm -hmm. And so it was time for me to leave. Um, I transitioned over into emergency medicine and did that for a while, really grew as a clinician and uh, loved my time there, but knew that like, you know, I don't need to get my adrenaline at work. That's okay. (laughs) I love those people. I love the nurses. I love taking care of people in my community. Um, And so then I've transitioned in some other places. And my message for everyone is that your work can be exactly what you want it to be. Now, is there going to be a LinkedIn posting that you're going to find today? No. But first and foremost, you've got to work on you and you've got to understand what is it that I want? What is it that I need? What are the boundaries that I must put up to protect and also keep the good stuff in? Because I'm a farm girl. So Uh we have our fences here in Indiana. And it's not just about keeping the bad out. It's also about keeping what you love in, keeping it in your pastures. Come on. And so that is my message now. And that is what I've, I've branched outside of medicine. We know medicine is totally effed up. We know Mm. it's toxic, but I also know that we can't fix medicine. We can't fix healthcare with a bunch of wounded warriors trying to take care of the sick and infirmed. So I'm a doctor to doctors. I help those. I also am a doctor to the high achievers, like I've mentioned. I'm also, you know, the ones who are coming to me who are at the bottom of the barrel and they don't really want to say it, but they're having suicidal thoughts because they feel so stuck that the only real. way out is death. Yeah. And so I just want to put it out there to say, I've been there. I've mm-hmm. been to that point. Believe okay. me that, that it's the lowest of low, but I want to give those out there who are listening right now hope to say that change is absolutely possible and it's absolutely possible for you. Yeah, this is exactly why I wanted to talk to you for so many layers of the reasons that you just brought up, including being in, in the trenches 
and coming from that space of you could have done what a lot of other people do. And this is no judgment for people who say, you know what, I'm done with, you know, XYZ industry. I just need to go and change and move on. Because for some people, that is the best thing for them to do if they are extremely burnt out or are suffering from vicarious trauma and all the different things that can come from that. But there's a lot of people who really love their jobs. They just can't, they don't feel like they could live in them anymore in the way that they are having to, to deal with all of the challenges that they're not able to navigate. I was going to say navigate, but they're actually not navigating them. And that's part of the problem. They're constantly repressing instead of addressing. And the work that you're doing is to help them address that by creating what I call expansive boundaries. Because to your description of like keeping the animals in and, and keeping other things out, it's still expansive enough that those animals that are in can play and enjoy and have fun and have everything that they need, want, and enjoy and not have to worry about the dangers on the other side. Like that's the point of, of boundaries, not to restrict you to the point that you can't breathe and have fun and, and do all the things, which I think a lot of people think that that's what they have to do in order to escape whatever the, the drama and sometimes the trauma of what they're dealing with is. Um, I'm smiling at you. You guys can't see us, but uh, Dr. Aaron and I can see each other when you were talking about emergency medicine, because that's my roots. Um, I literally was bred in the emergency rooms and trauma center and special delivery unit and all that as a clinician on the medical clinical social work side. And it is very adrenaline stimulating, 12 to 16 hours a day, plus you're on calls. And when you get home, you do not turn off. Your mind is still spinning from all the things you just saw, all the things you wish you could have saw, said to said patient, but you knew it would have been unethical. You want to just shake someone and say, get your life together. Stop coming back in these doors, right? Like all the different things. And then coming to your house and looking at your own spouses and, and kids and the fact that they're taking so many things for granted, like, oh, I just left these babies that were broken and battered and bruised and you guys are crying because you didn't get enough cookies tonight. Like what is happening? And it really does make you look at your own life like you're living in a twilight zone, which for a lot of healthcare workers is part of the challenge that they're navigating is they have this one life where they're constantly overly stimulated in a, in a state of hypervigilance 16 plus hours a day. And then they come home and the, their families don't understand it. And they shouldn't have to, honestly. I mean, that that you, we don't want to traumatize our families just so that they can understand by giving them all the information. But you do feel like you're in waste in the world all alone. And even your other healthcare peers, because they're so burnt out, they don't necessarily have patience or energy to talk to you, right? Absolutely. You know, and I talk a lot about this um, with my nurse colleagues, with my social work colleagues, with not just my doctor colleagues, but like in war with warriors, the war stops and they go home. In healthcare, mm -hmm. it never stops. That's right. Week after week, month after month, year after year. So we must start processing the workplace trauma that happens to us. I talk about it a lot. If you can, if you still dream about some of those patients that you've been around, if mm -hmm. you walk in and a certain smell triggers up memories, That's friend, right. you have trauma and mm -hmm. we have to start processing that. We have to start doing it in safe places and not just keep swallowing it down because just like a wound that you don't address and you just keep covering up with a sock and you just don't worry about it, it will fester right. and you will become septic sick. And it's the same thing with our traumas. But here's the thing. It is so unsafe right now in healthcare to say, 
I feel traumatized. I feel sad. I feel hurt. I cannot go into room nine because it brings up that memory from that patient that I saw three years ago. And those are the exact places that I think that I can come in and many of my other coach colleagues can come into those and say, you know what? I hear you. I see you. You are human. You are not superhero God, robot. You have emotions, you have feelings, and we need to acknowledge that our jobs leave imprints on us. And how about just an imprint in the sand rather than a scar? So many of us are walking around scars. And so one thing that I very much advocate when someone comes to me, they are crispy with burnout. They are They have been dreaming about turning in their resignation notice to their boss. They have it printed out. They're ready to go, and they are done Is sabbaticals. I think we need to normalize sabbaticals in all work situations. Yeah. But essentially, and and there's evidence behind this that you can take to your administration, you can take to your boss, and – you know, and it depends on the work situation. It depends on the leniency. Hell, it depends on your financial state. If you absolutely can, if you do a paid versus a non-paid sabbatical, but that time away can actually help you come back refreshed, refocused, and in a more clear mindset to then determine: Am I walking away and quitting, or is this really what I want? And I just needed to get out of the daily grind to know that's the case. So people always ask me when I bring up the sabbatical, like, what's the right time? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's a case by case basis. It's like yeah. when I am prescribing medication for someone, like there's some like standards, but you really have to look at the individual case. Mm-hmm. So recently I had a physician I was working with. She was like, I can take a month. That's all I can do. And I was like, that's a, that's fine. That is fine. I worked with another physician. She was able to do like a three month leave. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, there's some people who have administrations that are so helpful, and I know several who've done six months to 12 months. Yeah. Even, and and I say at the very minimum, 10 uninterrupted days. That's the minimum. I won't let you, it's not a a sabbatical if you do any less than that. That's a vacation. Mm -hmm. And so, and when I say uninterrupted, I mean no contact with work. Exactly. No call, no charting. No, nothing. And so I would put that out to the viewers to say, before you make any big drastic jumps or moves, consider sabbatical. Because here's the other thing in professional life. If you just say, oh, I'm taking some time off, people get snarky about that. But if you Uh say you're taking a sabbatical, then it sounds like, oh, okay. This was well thought out and planned and not because you're so stressed out that you're going to go postal, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think we need to normalize that. I mean, if you look in um, faith-based religious um, institutions, they typically mandate their pastors, their priests, um, their ministers on a three to five year interval of taking Mm -hmm. a sabbatical. Why -hmm. would we not do that for the rest of us? I mean, seriously, we need that rest and that pause. I agree. It's it's what allows you to recalibrate and get centered with what is really driving you. Because when you start being driven by just paying your bills, you're in survival mode, right? And listen, for everyone who is out here listening to this right now, I am not saying by any stretch of the imagination that it is anything wrong with you taking care of your business and making sure your family is covered, the lights are on, the water is running and all the things. But survival mode should not be your norm. 
that might be in moments, right? Because storms and hurricanes and tsunamis and all kinds of different things hit us all. If you are human, you're being hit by some of life's storms on some level. And sometimes all you have is survival mode in you, but that should be an exception. That should not be the rule of your life. You want to be in a space where you're, are, you're enjoying and living and thriving, dare I say that word. You're thriving in a space most of the time. So if you have to come you know, into a space of just, okay, you know, someone I, I love really greatly has just died and I'm grieving really heavy. Well, guess what? You're just going to be on bare minimum survival mode because you're dealing with something really, really heavy and you're driven by your, your grief at that point and you're just trying to hang on. But you shouldn't be living like you're grieving every day. And for people who are dealing with very, as you said, Dr. Aaron Crispy, burnt out. <laughs> I love your visual with that. If you're in this state of crisp, then there's no way that you're going to have any level of joy because you don't have any room for any of it. No, because you're all in your sympathetics. So, you know, you have parasympathetics, parasympathetics. Mm-hmm. you're all in your sympathetics, which is fight, flight, freeze, or, and there's a new one. Uh, there's now four Fs. Or I fawn. say pain, but fawn. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so if that is where you're always living, you can't rest and digest which is right. parasympathetics mm-hmm. and um, you know, all that cortisol is right. We could get all through the pathophysiology of it. I'm, not gonna go there. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a nerd for life, but, but you got the right one. <laughs> yes. But, but our body was not equipped to do that. Those are yeah. for short bursts. Those for like run away from the bear, but in our modern life, our bodies respond to stress just like when the bear was chasing us and now it's every day the bear is chasing us and we're just not equipped for that and I think that's why we're seeing so many issues with autoimmune and we're seeing so many other chronic diseases is because our bodies have not caught up to modern day life nor have we figured out how we need to go back to our basic needs one thing that I do when people are stuck in this like survival mode and they tell me I can't take a sabbatical I can't take a rest I can't do this Aaron as I say, all right, here's your homework. And I'm going to give this to all your viewers who are thinking this. Go find that money. I want you to dig everywhere. What does your savings account look like? What what things do you have in your home that you could sell so that you could have a week or two of peace? Yes. Look at your retirement accounts. No, nobody ever wants to pull money out of that. Nobody ever wants this. But if it's the difference between your sanity and a little bit of the tax issue or a little bit of a a tax penalty, I'm fixing the tax penalty any day of the week because I want you to be here for the next few decades. And so, Mm -hmm. so many of those people, when I give them that homework assignment, they're like, actually, and I I also tell them, what's your monthly budget? And if you don't know your monthly budget, you got to get that straight because it's important. What are you currently, what's your monthly budget? What is your like bare bones, Mm -hmm. rice and beans budget? Yeah. And what's the difference between that and with all that money that you found, maybe you have, um, you know, if you're like me, I like squirrel away quarters, like they're crazy. You know, how much money do you have squirreled away? How long could that last you? And I shit you not, most people come back to me and they're like, I didn't realize how much we had put away. And then I say, what's a savings account for? Mm -hmm. What's for when times get hard? Is it hard? Yes. You have done the due diligence. You have set yourself up so well so that when it got hard, when you needed to utilize these dollars, they are here. And so many people I have helped see that, that they're like, oh my gosh, we would be good for a year if I never worked another day this year. 
Mm. We would be good for six months. We would be good for three months. And so just knowing that, then you can sit back and be like, okay, it is safe for me to take a sabbatical because that's what it comes down to is are we going to be safe and are our basic needs going to be met? You know, with um, Maslow's triangle, you know, you first have to meet those basic needs, Mm -hmm. safety and security. Those are the first two levels down at the bottom before you can even get to the higher thinking and processing and and life coach Mm -hmm. stuff. And so we meet those basic needs. We show you that you can be safe and secure, that your cat, your kids are not going to be eating cat food and the lights are going to be on. And then you can go into those other higher levels of processing. Yeah. But first get your house in order and be proud of yourself that you have done such a good job and you have worked so hard that when you needed these funds, they are there. I can't disagree with you more. Um, I do a six-week self-levocation every single summer. And I'm a full-time, 100% all-in entrepreneur. Our company, my husband and I own the company. It's 10 years old. We started the self locations probably around year two. My idea was to do, you know, like a full month. And of course I was cheating, right? Because when you, you know, when you're a baby entrepreneur, you really don't know how to turn it off because you're living in a space of scarcity. So even though I would technically take off like a two to four weeks, like offline, come off social media, I was still working, right? I was, it was, it was basically a work. Yep. Work is your drug. Right? It was work is my drug, the title of your new book, right? Like it was definitely work was my drug. Um, And I also was not being a product of the product. Like I'm a balance and relationship advisor. My whole world is helping people create their balance and create their joy so they can truly live fully, right? Like that's my whole entire world. And I wasn't being a reflection of that consistently at its core. I also realized that one of the reasons that I wasn't doing it is because I had this limited mindset of thinking that if I didn't work, I wouldn't eat because that's what Bible says, right? The man that does not work does not eat, like all the things. Instead of really looking at all that I had already stored up between credentials, credibility, all the stuff, like when you create the systems to work for you and not just for the entrepreneurs that are listening, but for other people as well, like to Dr. Aaron's point, when you know you have 401ks and 403bs and all the other things, like that's a, a way for you to to stretch out that time of sabbatical, I call self-location, Dr. Aaron calls sabbatical because it's the professional term for her industry, of really having that space for your mental health and well-being. So you're not going to find yourself, which any human can, I don't know what your thoughts might be on this, but any human can find themselves in a very deep, dark tunnel of not wanting to be here, especially when you don't have time, quote unquote, to focus on your mental health because you're so busy building and working that you can't balance what's really important, which is you. If you don't have your mental health together and your emotional safety is not secure, you are absolutely not going to be any good for your family. You might be there, but you're you're fussing at them, you're cussing at them, you're irritated by them, you're resenting them, right? Yet you're slaving and working away because you have to keep the lights on instead of really looking at all those uh, quarters in the corner that Dr. Aaron's is talking about with like, where is, where is the money? The same money that you would come up with if one of your kids said, mom, I need to go on the senior trip. Somehow you find that thousand dollars, right? When someone in your family has a Lord forbid, but a funeral and they're trying to put money together to bury a loved one who didn't have life insurance, somehow you found that $2,000. Like somehow you find it for other people. What about 
creating it for yourself and making it to Dr. Aaron's point. It's not about doing it just because you're about to hit rock bottom. It's creating this as a part of your process, making sure whether it's every year to your point, every two or every five years, you create that space for your sabbaticals or self-locations, whatever you want to call it. So you can be recalibrated and not be a crisp and be a phoenix on the other side, which Dr. Aaron was talking about actually offline. Do you want to share a little bit more about your um, explanation of the crisp versus the phoenix on the other side? Because we were talking about that off off yeah, recording. Absolutely. You know, and, and just in my personal life, I will be 100% transparent. I'm the burnout coach because I have a propensity for burnout and mm-hmm. it is con- a constant me like getting thrown back in bounds because I veer. And so one of my things, like you were saying, I take two weeks off in, in the summer. So that's coming up here in the next little bit. I take two weeks off over Christmas and I find at least every, every month, a three day weekend. Yes. Because I went for decades without that Mm -hmm. because I was either on call or I was rounding or I needed to run into um, the nursing home to see somebody or whatever. And yeah, it's scary the first time you do it because you think the sun is not going to rise and the bottom is going to fall out Mm -hmm. and you're not going to have any money and how are you going to pay your bills? And like the, the vacation police are going to come after you because how dare you, how dare you take the time? (laughs) But after you do it the first time, you're like, Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll be perfectly honest for people who do this. It's going to be hard as hell to sit with yourself in silence, to not pick up your phone, to not so log in onto your computer. And that is normal because you are reprogramming your brain to a new normal. So I just want to put that in there for folks that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and easy peasy. It like, is not. And you mentioned my book that I'm writing right now called Work is My Drug. It's going to be exactly about that. Exactly yeah. about the process of um, not if you burn out again, when you burn out again, and how you come back through that cycle. So mm-hmm. talking about the the crispies, I really think about it. It sounds so crazy, but bacon, you know, like <laughs> you throw it in a pan and it like, like, you know, when that bacon is way too far done. And that's mm-hmm. how I see people. But yeah. then I think, okay, burn it all down, get it to those ashes, to those crispy ashes. And then what a new can rise from that? What yeah. phoenix can rise from that? And what beauty com- can come out of those place of ashes? Yeah. Um, because, again, knowing my personality, that's just who I am. I, mm-hmm. I have to burn it down so that I can see, wow, I learn by pain. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. And so to come through that then and to look around and be like, okay, learn that lesson because, um, you know, either you're winning or learning. That's all you are learning at this point in life. There is no, there is no more grades. And I have to constantly tell my high achieving professionals. This is like, yeah, we did that already, but guess what? There's no professors coming around being like, Oh, you got a C in laundry today. No, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not happening. And so also recognizing that A pluses don't exist in real life. Perfection does not exist. And so good enough really is good enough. I got to give my kids something to go to their therapist about. And so if I'm a B minus B plus mom, it's good enough. And so Mm -hmm. I really work on folks about that of like realigning your expectations. And when you're thinking about things, just understanding like, At the end of the day, 
whose opinion matters the most? Is it your boss? Is it your coworkers? Is it that random secretary who sent you the email about something urgent that you're not going to be able to get to? No. In my life, at the end of the day, the opinions that matter most is me and the people I put to bed at night. Uh That's it. That's it. Because those are going to be those people who stand at my graveside and talk about mom and talk about Dr. Wiseman ando email from the person who's freaking out because your emergency doesn't mean it's my emergency. And so So, it's really realigning with those expectations and really in a digital world that is so go, go, go reminding yourself, like it's okay. If email sits there over the weekend, it really is. Yeah. Because the reality is if you are working for a corporation, although I'm sure someone there will be devastated that you are no longer with them. Someone else is putting out a job description to replace you simultaneously. So being very mindful of what you're working for and who you're doing it for, including yourself is super crucial. I love everything you said, Dr. Aaron. It was super spot on, on all the levels, including you being a testament to the product that you're selling. Like my definition of fully living the life that you want to lead is you being a representation of everything that you're selling, teaching, and preaching to the world. And the reason that you get to be the queen of burnout is because you've been there, done that, bought a t-shirt and a ball cap to that party a few times over. And you're aware that you have to be mindful of what's coming up in your life because that ball cap could be put back on your head at any time. And that's what makes you so phenomenally good at what you do because you are in it and on it simultaneously, which I love. How are you giving yourself permission to pause these days? When I was going through my burnout, I realized I had not been in a non-medical library in about 14 years. And you are talking to the girl who spent her summers in the fiction section, reading, 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 girl heroes, dragons, magic, all the things. And so how I give myself permission is to get a totally crazy fantasy fiction novel and just let myself like tear through it. Cause I am not a bookworm. I am a book dragon. And so I know in those moments when I'm like, yeah, I could go do the dishes or I could work on my book. When I take those hour, two hours and I sit and I just go into this world that is my way to pause. That is my way to rejuvenate my spirit. I, I love Goodreads, the app, and that's how I keep track of things. It's how I find new books and new authors. And so always about the last seven years, each year I've set myself a goal of 100 books a year. Some years I hit it, some years I don't. Yeah. But just having that and being like, you know what? I don't always have to be on. I can love a good, like, schmutty fantasy fiction novel. I can go hang out with dragons. I can pretend to be magical or be some kind of silent assassin. And those, and I know that's one of my red flags when I'm heading into burnout is like, when's the last time you've been to the library? When's the last time you logged a book in your Goodreads? And so that's one of my signs that I know for myself. I keep a small list of red flags Another one is flowers on my desk. If I haven't went to the flower shop or got flowers in a while, I'm like, oh, red flag, getting too busy. What's going on here? Because really, 
It's all about awareness. Yeah. Because when we get burning out, when we get into the grind, when we're hustle, 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 it's because we got our head down in the sand and we're not looking up and being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. What's happening here? So it's another tidbit for those listening is like, what are your red flags that you know things are off before you start going all the way down the pit to the bottom of burnout? No, I love that. That's such a good thing. You're making me think like, oh, what are my red flags? I think when I'm not taking care of my plants, like I'm a, I'm a new plant mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really good at helping people grow. I'm learning to let green things grow because my husband thinks that I kill all living plants. (laughs) Well, you know, the secret to gardening, it's awareness, it's like yeah. knowing when your plants need water, when yes. they need extra nutrients, or when they need sun, or when they need trimmed down, because we mm-hmm. all need to weed in our life. That's and true. so, oh my gosh, gardening is a great analogy, and it's, it is. It's very much a red flag. It is. And it's really therapeutic because I, I talked, my mother in love told me you have to talk to your plants, like just slowing down enough to like literally talk to them. How are you today? What's going on? Are you getting enough sun, mama? Let me turn you around. Get that other side. Like, I know you guys are listening to this thinking like, what is wrong with Nikita? Why is she talking to her plants? Real talk. If you talk to anybody who, who loves like things that grow from the ground and out into beautiful trees and bushery, you get it. They talk to their plants. So don't judge me unless you know me. No, there's scientific (laughs) evidence. I'll have to send you the study of what they did. I think it was at one of the major universities out East of um, positive verbal contact to a plant versus playing like heavy rock music. Oh, and they actually saw um, statistically significant growth in those plants. See, that's so it's true. About. It's energy. It's all energy. I love it all day long. Dr. Aaron, how can people connect with you to get more of all the great things you're doing to doctor you first with what you're teaching in the world as the queen of burnout, as well as to stay in the loop for when your new book drops? Absolutely. So you obviously like podcasts. So come over and hang out with me. Podcasts are like tattoos. Once you get one, you're going to get more. So I've got two podcasts to come listen to. Dr. Me First is my original podcast. That's where I, like Nikita, love talking to other people. And we just have great conversations about everyday life. Um, So go check that one out. I also do a few episodes with my husband called Married to an Alpha Female. Those are fun. So make sure you check those out. And then my other podcast is called Burnt Out to Badass, because that is really what I'm focusing in for people, is to take you from that crispy state to help you reignite and, and re-get in touch with that badass who's in there. Because she's there. He's there. They are there. And so it's all about that intentionality. And it is practical, tangible steps to doing this. Yeah, we do the mindset stuff. And I am all about being your cheerleader, encouraging you. But I also give you badass challenges every week for which you got to step into and you got to do if you really want to change your life. So those are two great podcasts. Of course, you can check out both of those have websites, drmefirst.com, burntoutobadass.com. And if you want more good stuff, I have lots of freebies. So we're giving away a lot of good stuff. Join my email list on either of those websites and you will be in the loop. If you want to hang out on social with me, I'm mostly on Instagram or LinkedIn. So I think those places are so fun right now and it's really me. So drop in my DMs and let's have a conversation. (laughs) I love how you said it's really me. I promise it's me. That's going to respond or me that will block you either way, whichever. Hell yes, that's right. (laughs) Don't feed the trolls. If you don't like what I got to say, that's fine, but you don't need to come tell it to my face. 
<laughs> right, exactly. Oh, you are fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Aaron Wiseman, for joining the Balanced Bully Podcast. You are a pure gift. Uh, between the red flags, the check to see and make sure that you are not edging too close to burnout before you go from the nice, juicy, crispy piece of bacon all the way to what no one wants left over in their pot, all the way through flowing into becoming a phoenix and rising so that you can become everything that you're supposed to be, including offering yourself an opportunity to slow down Give yourself permission to pause with a sabbatical of at least 10 days, according to Dr. Aaron Wiseman suggested, but preferably a little longer and looking for those quarters and the corners. If that's what you need to do to make sure you have everything that will give you peace of mind and allow you to still have a bold mindset. I really appreciate you coming to the show, Dr. Aaron. You were a gift. Well, I'm so glad that you invited me on. We must do, when you get into another season, another round of talk, because I know we got more good juiciness to pull out. Yes, we do all day long. You are awesome. (laughs) Balance Bowley listeners, I told you, I know, I deliver on a regular basis. I'm very proud of myself. I'm legitimately patting myself on the shoulder right now, like the job, Nikita. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, if you are brand new to the show and have not hit the follow button now, because Apple has changed it from follow, uh, from subscribe to follow, hit the follow button. Make sure you get those notifications of every new release every week that we go live. And make sure you please review the show and give us whatever your true rating is. We happen to have all five-star rating right now. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And we are the number eight top podcast for women in business podcast to follow and we would love to keep climbing so make sure that you are giving us all your positive juicy feedback and if you have a little constructive criticism feel free to share that too we are open to hearing topics that you want to hear more of guests that you want to hear more of and all the juicy goodness so you can have all the tools you need to create the work life and love balance that will help you to continue to thrive i'm nikita rinthigpin and it has been my pleasure to be with you today i look forward to seeing you next week.